it's uh, interesting. I, I, it, crazy stuff is happening uh, all around us. We know that. But I, I ran across this a couple of, uh, this is back to Jerusalem. Uh, if you've read the book, The Heavenly Man, Pastor Way is uh, in there. He's a, one of the founders of Back to Jerusalem movement. Tremendous movement of God from taking the gospel uh, started kind of started in birth in China, and they're, they're, they said the gospel was brought to them to Jerusalem, but now their goal is to take the gospel westward back to a lot of the Muslim countries in the 1040 window, 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 window back, back to Jerusalem. And so that's the name back to Jerusalem. But it's kind of interesting this week, I just got this and uh, wanted to, to kind of share this with you because... Um, the similarities of this. It says the coronavirus has been has presented a new way to criticize Christians in China, and to, and the message is clear. If you attend church, you're promoting the spread of coronavirus. The government in China want church meetings blamed for the spreading of the virus, and for the government of China to be praised for their response. The government is also demanding churches hold a grand flag raising ceremony on the day they reopen, and that believers pray in the words of President Zing, political slogan, now listen, quote, for the national economic and social development, quote, attainment of the great rejuvenation of the Chinese nation, quote, and promotion and realization of human destiny community. Wow. Sounds like a uh, global one world View even from the communist China. Well, if you're reading through the daily Bible reading uh, that Barbie and I are reading through, uh, we're in Isaiah, okay? Last night we were Isaiah 40, I don't know, 40-something. But a couple of weeks ago, we were reading through uh, the early chapters of Isaiah together, and we read chapter 8. And, and as we read chapter 8, it, to me, it was like a uh, God really just... Brought, hit me in the face with cold water. It's like, you, it's like when you get up, you know, and you to wake up, you've heard just splash cold water. Well, I, I never was a big fan of that. I tried warm water, uh, you know, but if you really want to just be wake, uh, uh, the, you know, the woke movement, if you really want to be woke, you just splash cold water on your face. It'll get your attention. And Isaiah 8 got my attention very, very quickly uh, when, we, when we read that. Um, and I knew that that word wasn't just for me, but I knew that I, I believe that it's a word for us and it's a timely word for the world and especially for believers in the world and, and believers in the United States for today in Isaiah 8. And, and, and I want to share with you this morning of where's your hope? Where is your hope? Now, having, when, when I got splashed in the face with Isaiah 8, it's a, Isaiah 8 is a... Is, is the, the brief context is Israel and Judah had rebelled against God. And uh, in, their, in their with rebellion, now God, about 700 years before uh, the birth of Christ, God is speaking to his prophet Isaiah. And through Isaiah, God is warning Israel and Judah of coming judgment. Now, it's, it's, it's spoken in such a time that Israel is almost like just going, going just along smoothly. Let me tell you what uh, Warren Wearsby says that from the human point of view, 
the nation of Israel was prospering, but from God's point of view, the nation was like a wretched victim, infected wounds and a diseased body. And God is telling them judgment coming, but they have a hope and that hope is in him. So when I read this, my, the first question I, that I had was, well, why? God, why would you send, why would you send judgment, this kind of judgment that you're talking about, such, such swift and severe judgment, why would you send it on a people that you, that you love? That's your people. So did, having asked that question, I went back to the first seven chapters of, of Isaiah, and there it was. There was very clearly, matter of fact, in the second chapter of Isaiah, in the first, first few verses of that, uh, God lists a couple of sins that he's judging them for. One was idolatry and pride. Idolatry and pride. And in and and, and verse 17 of chapter 2, the loftiness of man and the haughtiness of man. And I thought, when I thought about that, I thought, man, that's us. I don't know if you're like I am, but several, several weeks ago now, I'm watching television, probably a Western, no one barbing me, but we're watching TV and there's a commercial. And it's a commercial about uh, the, the COVID virus. And it, it just got my attention. And then as I watched it, I thought, man, I'd be afraid. I, that's, that's blasphemy. I'd be even afraid to say that. Have you, have you seen this commercial? Watch this commercial. At a time when things are most uncertain, we turn to the most certain thing there is, science. Science can overcome diseases, create cures, and yes, beat pandemics. It has before, it will again. Because when it's faced with a new opponent, it doesn't back down, it revs up asking questions till it finds what it's looking for. That's the power of science. So we're taking our science and unleashing it. Our research, experts, and resources, all in an effort to advance potential therapies and vaccines. Other companies and academic institutions are doing the same. The entire global scientific community is working together to beat this thing. And we're using science to help make it happen. Because when science wins, we all win. Did it slap you in the face? We turn to the one thing we can trust. Someone told me after first service, I, I, I said, you know, scientists can only discover what God knew was already was there all along. So true. So true. This message this morning is not anti-science but pro-God. Where are you putting your trust? And here, and, and here in the midst of what's going on, at this powerful message, and it is powerful, but the powerful message from, from the, the leaders or the community of the, of the world here is trust the science. Who are you going to trust? Who are we going to trust to lead us out of this pandemic? Well, I want to tell you, man has been trusting himself since the Garden of Eden. And it... It hadn't worked out well yet. Let me, let me share a, a, another. This, this came from, this is Answers in Genesis publication. Got it this week. 
And uh, it's called Reason or Reasoned. I'm going to, this is short. On May 7th this year, to coincide with the National Day of Prayer, the Atheistic Freedom from Religion Foundation placed an advertisement. That's, that's pretty cool I, that I can even say that. But placed an advertisement, including a shocking, shockingly blasphemous cartoon in the New York Times. Its purpose was to mock Christianity and promote autonomous human reason, which means to promote their atheism. The heading of the anti-Christian group's advertisement stated, quoting, we need reason, not prayer, to combat the coronavirus. Science will save us. Trust the science. In chapter 2, it was interesting to me in verse 6 as you read, and especially if you read it from, uh, I read it from the New Living Translation, and, and uh, Israel and Judah had been so influenced by strange religions, religions from the east, Isaiah calls them. And today, I look at uh, all the, the false gods and the false religions that, that we are enmeshed in as a culture, 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 as a people group that is just all around us, okay? And the influences and the pressure and the promotion is all around. So God says to Israel, listen, you think everything is fine. You're trusting your wisdom. You're trusting your wealth. You're trusting uh, your ways. But you have walked away from me and you have placed your trust in all your idols, in all your other gods. And know this for sure. Heard a long time ago that somebody was talking about an idol. And, uh, and we were talking about how we as Americans would never think that we are idol worshipers. Well, I mean, missionaries come and tell us about these people who bow down to carved, uh, carved images or uh, bow down to a stone god with, with something burning in front of it. I want to tell you. When you bow down to the altar of science before you bow down to the altar of God, you're worshiping science. When anything comes between you and what God's word says, be careful. Be careful. Okay? Be careful. God says, I'm going to send judgment. Now, how is he going to send that judgment to Israel? Like I said before, it's going to be swift. It's going to be severe. But how was it coming? And in chapter 3, of Isaiah. He says, I'm going to take away your food. He says, I'm going to take away your water. He says, I'm going to take away your leaders. He says, I'm going to take away everything that you have got comfortable trusting in. And I'm going to shake you up. And you're going to, and, and you're going to, and you're going to, you're going to experience my judgment because of your sins. And in the midst of all that, as you, as I read the background, when I got to chapter eight, now, God's word was, is to Isaiah in chapter 8. Matter of fact, in verse 11, you, sh- you should go with me to Isaiah 8. You, you should be there because there's some things you want to underline. Uh, I, we were reading along. In Isaiah 8, 11, King James says, For the Lord spake thus to me with a strong hand. Okay? Now, look, I've asked Craig to put this up in the NLT because it just, again, it's more cold water. Uh, Isaiah says, the Lord has given me a strong warning, a strong warning, a strong warning. And the warning was this, don't think like everyone else does. Don't think 
like everyone else does. Don't follow the crowd. That's what he's saying. Don't, don't follow the crowd. The Jewish leaders in Isaiah's, when, when God is, when the Holy Spirit is, 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 is uh, inspiring Isaiah to pen these words, the Jewish leaders, political, religious, the Jewish leaders were asking, is it popular? Uh, they were asking, is it safe to go this route? Is it safe to, to do this, to, to put out this, um, this kind of, uh, of uh, direction? They were running their own polls. I get so tired of polls, P-O-L-L-S, in case you can't understand what I'm saying. I, 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 just, just happened here there, P-O-L-L-S. Uh, I'll tell you, truth is not determined by the majority, but truth has already been given by the authority. Huh? It's God's word. And God's word is never, God's word is never at the mercy of the crowd. God's word is never gets its validity by where the where the by a, a, a percentage. God's word, word, boy, I'm having a hard time this morning. God's word gets its its validity and authority because of who spoke it, and it is eternal. And the word spoken to Isaiah, seven hundred years or so before the birth of Christ, promising a savior. Hundreds of years or thousands of years before us, but God's word is still as valid and accurate and truthful. It hasn't eroded away. It hasn't washed away. It hasn't been watered down. God's word is still amen and amen. And God's word to Isaiah, first of all, and, he, and Isaiah says, he spoke this to me in the strongest way. Listen, with a strong hand in the strongest way. And the first word was, don't think like the crowd thinks. Isaiah, you can look around and you're, you're, the leaders are saying, well, what does the people think? They're thinking, is it safe? They're thinking, is it popular? Isaiah, he said, I want you to think, is it right? Is it my will? Wow. Today, is it right? Is it God's word? Is it God's will? Don't think like everybody else thinks. Then I want us to read verse 12 and 13. <clears throat> and the Lord said, don't call everything a conspiracy like they do and don't live in dread of what frightens them. Make the Lord of heaven's armies. I love it when, when I love that translation, the Lord of heaven's armies. What is, what is that King James, what does that say? The Lord of hosts, right? And the Lord of hosts. And I just love it with Barbie and I have talked about. I make the Lord of heaven's armies holy in your life. Look at this. He is the one you should fear. He is the one who should make you tremble. Wow. Don't fear anything, the Lord said to Isaiah, except the Lord Almighty. Now, there's several verses uh, about fearing the Lord. I want to share a few of them with you. Psalms 147, verse 11 says, The Lord takes pleasure in, them, in those who fear him, in those that hope in his mercy. Proverbs 9, verse 10 uh, is one that we know. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm being corrected by my one of my grandsons this morning, I, I, and I, I probably he's probably right, but I don't want him to know that. 
I'm thinking in, in uh, I'm thinking of corollary. I'm probably mixed up, but anyway, I, I was thinking, okay, if this this is true, then this this is true, okay. And so my corollary to this, and Paige said, Daddy, I think you're wrong, but we're going to get it too. You can figure it out. If if the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, then not fearing the Lord is the beginning of being unwise, dumb. I started to say dumb, dumbness, stupid, foolish, foolish is good. Our daddy wouldn't let us call anybody stupid. He'd whip us for calling somebody stupid. So I kind of settled in on dummy and I got in trouble with that. But if you want to be a dummy, then don't fear God. If you want to be foolish, then don't fear God. If you need wisdom, and who doesn't need wisdom in the days that we're living in today, then the fear of the Lord, Fred, is the beginning of wisdom. Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 23 and 24, and then uh, chapter 2. Jeremiah 5 says, but this people has a revolting and a rebellious heart. They are revolted and gone. Neither say they in their heart, let's watch that, let us now fear the Lord. They're saying, we don't need to fear him. The Lord that gives rain, the Lord that's faithful in his seasons and reserved unto us the appointed weeks of hearts. No, they, they don't need to fear him. Jeremiah chapter two, look what it says. Their own wickedness, thine own wickedness shall correct thee and thy backsliding shall reprove thee. Know therefore and see, look at this now, that it is an evil thing and bitter that you have forsaken the Lord your God and that fear of him is not in you. It's, it's evil and it's bitter. It's a bitter end not to fear God. Today, we talk about this. Fear is, 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 fear, fear is rampant. It's running wild. Fear of the COVID virus, fear of the mob, fear of anarchy, fear of food shortages, Fear of, 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 of fear. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And, and listen, I'm not, I'm not saying we shouldn't be wise. We should be wise. But, but I want to tell you, fear is, is paralytic. And, and God's words knows that. And God's telling Isaiah, in those days, you know, we, we look back and we think, well, they don't have to live what we had to have to live with. No, and we're not having to live with what they had to live with. But there's always been those things out there that will kill you, okay, and can kill you. Very quickly, we had first service. Uh, Tommy C. was with us this morning, and uh, I, I, I respect Tommy for his years of service to God. He's preached over, over 60 years. That's almost as old as I am, man. But he's preached and he's been faithful to the word of God. He's a hard preacher, preaches the truth. And we were talking 60 years. And for 60 years, man, we've, we've done funerals from a few days old to 100 years old. From people who were very well-to-do financially or, or materially to people who had nothing. Death is no respecter of person. Death is no respecter of age. And death didn't come into the world, world through COVID-19. Death came into the world because man sinned and rebelled against God. I think scripture says, don't fear the one who can destroy the body. But fear the one who has power to destroy the soul. So God is saying to Isaiah, don't think like they don't think. Don't fear anything except the Lord. 
But when you fear the Lord, you don't have to feel fear. Let me share this. Uh, this is from Oswald Chambers. And I'd asked Jackie now a couple, three weeks ago. I said, pull me off some stuff. I'm, uh, this is chapter, uh, chapter 8, and, and uh, this verse is where the Lord's leading me. Oswald Chambers. The remarkable thing about fearing God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas, if you do not fear God, you should fear everything else. Now, think about it. Think about it. Now, know, know something. I'm not, I'm, my, my purpose here this morning is not to fuss at anyone about, and if you're fearful of the virus, I'm not, that's fine. I understand that. I, I, tell, I told people, my, my wife has got a little bottle of hand sanitizer. I hope they don't ever discover that stuff is bad for you. Because I think she's got it stashed everywhere. Because wherever I am, there she is and there it is. She'll say, honey, you've, 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 you've handled this. You've shook hands with all these people. Here, hand me hands, hands up. So I put that stuff. It's just, I think I, a germ don't stand a chance on my hand if Barbie's around. It's not, it's not to say that. The message this morning, though, is about who should we really be fearing. If you're fearing the COVID more than you're fearing God, something's wrong. If you're fearing death more than you're fearing disobedience, Something is wrong, okay? Something is wrong. And I understand, because as a young boy, I told you, I told you about my fear of dying and being scalped by the Indians. Now, Lord, half that's come true, it looks like. <laughs> looks like I've been scalped, but I love Indians, okay? But I watched a lot of Westerns. Anyway, and so I was, I, was, I fear, I had, I had bad dreams. Uh, but then when I, I read scripture where Jesus Christ took the sting of death away, to me, that was the fear of death. Now, don't get, me, don't get me wrong. You say you don't fear death. No, I don't. Sometimes, I, sometimes you know, I, I wonder, well, how, would, how, how is that going to happen? None of us know. None of us knows that. We don't know that. But we don't have to fear that if we fear God and we know that we put our faith and trust in Him. All right, now, let's walk through this. When you fear the Lord, you don't have to to fear everything else, Oswald Chambers says. But he said, if you don't fear him, you better be afraid of everything. Let's look at Romans chapter 8. A couple of weeks ago, we, we looked at these verses at the end of this chapter. Powerful verses. Powerful verses about God's love being with us. He loves us. He loved Israel. He loved Judah. But God is a holy, righteous God, and he's going to judge sin. Okay? So, Look at, look at what he says in, Rome, in Romans chapter 8, verse 35 and 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or disease or distress or persecution or famine, nakedness, peril or sword? No, and all these things may affect us. They may kill us. For written for your sake, they, they may kill us. But, next verse. And all these things were more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm persuaded that neither death, life, angels, principalities, powers, things present... Our thanks to come. Stay right here. Go back to 38. Now, let me ask you a question. When, when hundreds of years ago, when God's Holy Spirit moved on Isaiah to write, or, or on the writer of Romans, to write these words down, okay? For I'm persuaded that neither life nor death, principalities, powers. When, when the Holy Spirit put these words and thoughts in his mind and he pinned these things down, do, do you believe that? Do you believe that Scripture is given by inspiration of God? Does God breathe? Or do, you th or do you think 
some guy just wrote something down that made a lot of sense, and, and now we're teaching out of it. Now, think about it. Because if you believe that, then it's just a, it's just a book of some, of some man's best ideas, and you might as well be reading the Reader's Digest. For me, it'd be the condensed version, okay? But if you believe that God's Word is God-ordained, that is inspired by God, that puts it in a whole different category, doesn't it? It does. That puts it, that puts it over here alone, authoritative, by itself. Do you believe when the Holy Spirit moved upon the writer of Romans to write this, that the writer of Romans, or that the God who, who inspired this, really knew, it says, nor things present, nor things to come. Is there any way that God could have known where we would be today in 2020? Or if time continues in 2021, could God have known about COVID-19 back then? Or is, is COVID-19 something that toward the end of last year, God said, oh my goodness, time out, time out. Call heaven, call, got to call a meeting here. Something's come up that I didn't know about. Huh? Now, now, do you think God knew? Did he know way back then where we would be today? Some of you are thinking, that's okay. It'll do to think about. It will do to think about. But if you believe scriptures and that God is um, omniscient, he knows everything. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. If you believe in my God, then God, when he says nothing present or nothing to come in the future, is going to separate us. Keep going. I, I, I get off on rabbit trails, and I've got to hurry here in a couple minutes. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature is going to be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now, again, it's not saying that these things aren't going to touch us. Lois, Lois is in the hospital. We just had prayer uh, in the hospital, been, been uh, tested positive for COVID. It's not saying that if you're a believer that you aren't going to get COVID-19. It's not saying if you're a believer, you're not going to die from COVID-19. If you're a believer, it's not saying that you're going to be immune from cancer. It's not saying if you're a believer, you're going to be immune from heart trouble or heart attack. No, these things happen. These things come through the hand of a loving God, and sometimes he allows us in the lives of his, even his children. Isaiah, loved of God and God's judgment upon the nation of Israel and Judah. And Isaiah lived there in the midst of that and was, was impacted, was upon by the, by the punishment and the judgment of God. But God was faithful. God is all-powerful. All right, now, look at what, at Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. I think this is verse I quoted a while ago. Fear not them which can kill the body, but are unable to kill the soul. But rather, fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body and hell. So I, I, God's words to Isaiah was, don't fear all these things, but fear me. His word, his strong word to Isaiah is a strong word to me and to you. And I believe it's a strong word for believers, not only in our nation of the United States, but for believers, the missionaries that I 
correspond with and talk with around the world. It's a strong word for us today. God's judgment upon Israel and Judah was coming. God's judgment upon the sins of America is coming. And it's sure to be. We as a nation have sown to the wind. Hosea 8 says, there'll be a, a people that will sow to the wind, but will reap the what? The whirlwind. When I, when I see commercials like this and it says, put your trust in science. When we see an ad in the, running the New York Times and it says, Don't, it, it, we, the prayer's not going to save us. Today we're at a place at a nation where if you stand up and, or if you call, if call a prayer. Remember a couple of years ago it was drought. Remember that two, three, four years ago now? When you get older, it, can be, it could have been five years ago and it seems like yesterday to me. Or it could have been yesterday and it seemed like a million years ago. Anyway. But remember, it was, it was really dry, and one of our leaders of a nation said, let's pray for rain. You remember how they were mocked and ridiculed by media and people that were mocking them? We, we've kind of got to that place. I read this week of a, of a person who, and it's happening weekly, people that are losing their jobs or they're not even be con- being considered if you're, they know that you are a believer in God's word then you're a religious fanatic. I read this week of where a person who was a Catholic was relieved of their responsibilities because of their Catholic beliefs, i.e. their faith in a powerful God, okay? We're a place where politically used to be, uh, and I've read some of these speeches of, uh, and some uh, uh, speeches of our past leaders, presidents. And some of our past presidents, you know, they, they were, they, we had some who were preachers, and we preach revival. We'll take time out from the White House to go preach revival. Well, we're at a place where the media has made the pressure so intense that even believers can be intimidated almost in the silence because of that pressure. Because they'll look at you like you've got leprosy. If they, you know, you believe in God's word, you believe truth, you believe absolutes, Yeah. You believe you can trust God as our, as our trust in this? Yeah, our trust is in God. If God's got good men and women out there in every field, but God's behind it all. No. Oh, wow. We've replaced our fear of God by fear of men, by fear of criticism, by fear of ridicule, and we've replaced our worship of God by worship of our own wisdom, by worship of our own wealth, by worship, and anything that comes between me and God has become my God and my idol. Isaiah, realizing this in verse 17 from the New Living Translation of of Isaiah 8, verse 17, says this, I will wait for the Lord who has turned away from the descendants of Jacob. Look at what he says. Read this last sentence with me. Read it with me. I will put my hope in him. Read it again with me. I will put my hope in him. Where's your hope this morning? Where's your hope? Sometimes we want to hedge a bit, right? My hope is in him. Sometimes I want to say, well, my hope is in you, Lord, and, and all the good that I can do. Come on. 
Yeah? I trust him. But just in case, you know, but just in case he's going to weigh the right, the, the, the good and bad, and I need a bit, little bit more good than I do bad, I'm going to trust him, but I'm going to trust the good works that I do. I don't think, I, Ephesians says, for by grace are you saved through faith. What? Is a gift of God, not of works, so nobody can boast about what they do or don't do. You say, then, Jerry, we don't do good. No, we do good, but, and we do right because we love him so much, we can't help it. We want to. We want to please him. But all the good that I do and all the good that you do ain't going to have one thing to do with you getting into heaven or not. Because I don't care if, I don't care if you can pile it up high and deep. It can't replace the blood of Jesus Christ. And the blood of Jesus Christ re- cleanses us from all sin. My hope in this life and in the life to come is in him. It's in him. Now, again... Jeff's words, and I love this, early, months ago, months ago, was we need to be prudent. And I love that. That's a good word. That's a great word. It means we need to be wise, you know. Uh, be as wise as you can. Take care of yourself. But don't let fear cripple you unless it's the fear of the Lord that brings us to our knees. Because he loves you. He loves you. But his judgment is swift, it's sure. In the midst of God's judgment upon Israel and Judah, God had his people. In the midst of God's judgment upon our nation, you're saying, Jerry, are you saying COVID-19 is judgment of God? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just simply saying God has a lot of ways of judging his people. For Israel, it was taking away the things that they put their trust in. It was was through food shortages. It was through wealth. It was their leaders that they had trusted in. Matter of fact, the sixth chapter of Isaiah Isaiah says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord and he was high and lifted up. You, you know what that's saying? Uzziah was a, was a, was a powerful political leader. And, and a lot of people had begun to put their trust in the political leaders. Now, know this. This is a short rabbit trail, two minutes. We've come to a place in our country where Voting for a, a candidate for office is like cheering for Georgia or, or Georgia Tech or Alabama or Auburn. But I want to tell you something. It's not a game. It's not the Democrats versus the Republicans or the Republicans versus the Independents or the Independents the Democrats. It's not a game to cheer one on to win. Political, being able to vote for a leader, whether it's a local leader, a state leader, or a national president, is a responsibility that's to be done especially by believers with prayer and time before God because scripture talks about that righteousness will exalt a nation but sin is a reproach to any people God's word talks about that when the righteous rule there's peace but when the wicked rule there's persecution okay God's word. Somebody said one time, you get, the, you, you get the political leaders you vote for. Even as believers, man, we need to get back to focusing on God. God, what's right? What's your will? I ain't talking about D-R-I or any of those other things. Okay? So, this, this, that's the rabbit trail. That's, that's just the rabbit trail. They had put their hope in the political leader, and the year that Uzziah died, Isaiah says in chapter 6, in the year he died, I saw the Lord. Because he's our hope. 
He is our hope. Our hope is in him. Jeremiah 17, 7 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and who hope is in the Lord. Amen. Where's your hope? This morning, uh, Peter's going to come and his awesomeness voice. Wow. I think Megan's been working with him on his singing. I, I don't know. Uh, hey, by the way, this guy's getting married on, on September 26th, right? You knew that? Uh, I know it. I know it. She's a babe. Like so, yeah. And uh, he's gonna, I'm going to pray this to me. I about lost it out there. He's, I'm going to pray. Then uh, who are you? Peter's going to lead us in, uh, in, a, in a course. My only hope is in you. And uh, Peggy Lemon is going to be down front this morning after service for a prayer. She's a, she's a prayer warrior. She's a prayer warrior. If the Holy Spirit of God has spoken to you th- this morning and you just need somebody to pray with you, she'll do that. You know, it's it a reminder. For those of us who know him as our Savior, it's just a reminder. Barbie and I were, were saved, but when we read Rome, uh, Isaiah 8, it was like cold water that God splashed me in the faith with. said, you need to fear me. You need to trust me. Wow, good words for me. I think it's words for you. But if you're here this morning and you've never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, then these words are for you. You say, Jerry, how do I do that? You come to him and you acknowledge that you're not God and that he is, and that you've sinned against him. And now you want to ask him to come into your life. If you've never done that, I'm going to pray. I'd encourage you to do that. And maybe if you pray that prayer afterwards, you want to come down and tell Peggy, I prayed that prayer this morning. What's my next step? And she'll help you with that. Let's, uh, you, why don't we stand up? I get, we'll get them standing, okay? I've been standing the whole time. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to get, y'all stand up. Let me pray and then Peter, we're going to sing this. Father, your word is eternal and it's eternally true, altogether true. And Lord, you're the same God. You're the God of, that loved your people, Israel. You called them by name. They were yours. You led them when they got themselves in trouble and bondage. You led them out. You provided. You placed them in a, in, a, in a land you'd made for them. You loved them. But they turned their back and walked away. And in your punishment, it was never just to hurt them, but always, Lord, with tears, I can see they run down your face and with a desire in your heart to bring them back to you. Bring them back to you. Lord, sometimes we walk away and sometimes we forget what that love feels like. Lord, I pray this morning if there are those here that just need to walk back to you, right now would be a time to say, yes, God. You know, I've been thinking like the world thinks about a lot of things and it's been wrong, caused me problems. I need to get back to your word, back to you. And Father, if there's time right now that those here or maybe someone that's, that's watching that's never placed their faith and trust in you as their Lord and Savior, that this would be a time when they would say, God, I do believe that you're the one thing that I can trust. You're the one person I can trust. And I trust you. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me. Make me your son and daughter. In your name I pray.